Well, let's welcome back Coach Shresky. Coach, do you have team updates for us? Biggest team update coming off a, a, a phenomenal effort on Saturday. Not the result that we wanted, but um, really, really proud of our team, the way we fought for each other. Um, our sideline was great. Everyone was engaged. Um, it felt like it was going to be one of those, you know, kind of miracle wins, and unfortunately they had their own at the end, but um, really, really proud of our team. And you know, our challenge now is getting ready for a big rivalry. Um, you know, this is Luther Cup week uh, playing against Concordia, Wisconsin, so it's it's going to be an intense one this Saturday. Amazing comeback by you guys. I mean, you're down by like 11 points with a little over five minutes left in that game. It, it uh, To me, it just showed the team had a lot of grit. Yep. Yep, no, absolutely. That was it was fun too. Like in those moments, you get to see all different types of guys playing roles. Obviously, you know the, the scoring plays and stuff like that you see. But uh, probably my favorite moment was the onside kick. We had a senior for us, Tony Ziegler. Um, Tony is just—he's been a great teammate. He works his tail off. Um, he's gotten dramatically better as a kicker, and he's become like our our, our onside specialist. And so he came out and kicked the perfect one. Uh, Carlos Montgomery did his job and took out, you know, the guy trying to field it, and then Brandon Ansek, one of our captains, scooped it up. It was, it was like you drew it up, and just the excitement on on Tony's face, on the team's face, like it was. I'll never forget that moment. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a special special comeback. Well, we're gonna come back to that onside kick here in a little bit, but. It looked like your offense really got on track, especially as the game was going along. Do you feel like this group has kind of turned the corner for you? I do. I mean, I, it's it's kind of what we internally have been saying all along. I really think we we have the ability to be a special offense. We've we've hurt ourselves. You know, in the in the first week, we hurt ourselves with some assignment issues. Um, the second week, you know, I, I think we we penalized ourselves and put our put ourselves in negative situations and. That's what you saw in the first half a little bit against Norberts is like we would get a nice, you know, three, four play stretch going and then we would penalize ourselves or we'd drop a ball. And it was at, at half the conversation was really simple. It was like, when, are we, when do you guys want to stop beating ourselves and make a team beat us? And they started trusting themselves. They started seeing, you know, that, that we're capable of doing it. And um, that last quarter and a half is, you know, that's how I, I see us playing football from here on out. Like, we really do have a great group, and I'm excited to see us progress. Bryce looked very good for you. Do you feel like he's kind of settled in to become your number one quarterback now? Yeah, which is tough to say because, you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from Trey. Trey played phenomenal in the first half of the Carroll game before he got hurt. Um you know, but Bryce definitely demonstrated his, you know, I think to me it's his poise, his grit, his leadership. Um, you know, that was that was kind of what stood out to us toward the end of camp and why he started the Lake Forest game for us. And it obviously showed itself on Saturday. He he extended the, the play multiple times, um, took some shots and kept getting right back up. I mean, by the end of the game, he was, you know, limping. And, I mean, it was you could tell he was feeling every hit, but he was he never stopped playing hard. And I think the team rallied around him. So I, I was just talking with our staff. We have – I've never had, like, a quarterback room the way we have it right now where there's unity in the room. Every guy is bringing something to the table. There's no egos. There's no – I mean, it is literally – it is a unit. Um and, and a talented room. I mean, I, I really feel like, you know, we've got multiple guys in that room that can, we can win a game with them starting for us. 
Um, so we're we're very blessed. Um, it's tough that only one guy gets you know gets the nod, but it's it's a great group. What, what now that you've kind of seeing him as the guy moving forward, what are some areas you would like to see him step up his game? Um, so he's still he's still learning to be patient. Um, there was a few times on Saturday, you know, where he the way our offense is designed, like a, there's a lot in on his shoulders. Um, the QB has the ability to make choices at the line of scrimmage, and sometimes that choice is is to give the ball. And a couple times um, he got much better on Saturday, but there were still a few times where he was he was trying to rip it when the the answer was to give the ball to the back. Um, so that's an area I think he can improve. You saw his ability to extend plays. I think that's good. I just want to continue to help him make decisions on time. Um, he's done a nice job of that, but that, that'll be like his next step is, is, is taking the patient, patient play, the check down, the plays that don't really get a lot of glory, but that keep your offense moving on time. Defense has struggled a little bit early on as well, and, and so what do you want to see from this group heading into this week's contest to kind of get them on the right track? Um, you know, I think there, as, as we get moving, like we're going, to conti- we're going to continue to need more from a pass rush when, when the time is right, um, and that's a unit thing. You know, we, we've got a couple guys who are doing a nice job, but because, because – we haven't had a unit working together well in the past. In past pro um, teams can scheme that, um, and then that puts a lot of pressure on your secondary. Now you're covering for five seconds. You know when when it's really tough to do that. I don't care who you are. Um, so that's that's an area of improvement. Um, you know I think we can continue to, to do a better job. You know defending the run. Um, that was something they exploited. They some some weaknesses in our alley play um, that we've got to correct. So those those are some things. It's really just getting back to being consistent. Um, and I, I feel bad because I think our defense played really well in the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, week one they were phenomenal against Lake Forest, and the offense just was not holding up their side. And now it seems like the offense is getting to click in, and the defense is starting to to lose a little bit of, of their steam. So we got to just find a way to play complementary, strong football on both sides. Your players of the game. You mentioned Bryce. Bryce is our offensive player of the week. I mean, statistically and, and even beyond the stats, just did, had played really, really well. Um, you know, the key to that is really the preparation. We had a really good effort from our scout D-line. Um, St. Norbert's, you know, has a good good defensive line. Um, and we had a few guys on our D-line last week really push us. So our scout D player of the week was actually a freshman for us, Keontae Ambrose, who just keeps getting better every every day. Um, defensively, Lason Handwork has been just an animal. Uh, he had another 13 tackles. Um, he's all over the place. Um, our whole linebacking crew, I'm, I'm really impressed with that group, and he's a big piece to it. Um, Scout O, what, we had two guys really step up. Tywin McKinney's been awesome as a back, been moving around, uh, but our, our choice this week was Cooper Zimmerman. Um, he's our freshman quarterback, and He's a really athletic kid, played basketball as well. Um, so he was playing a little cue and also some receiver. That St. Norbert's has a 6'4 receiver that can kind of get it, so Cooper would play his role sometimes. Um, specials, we mentioned Tony's you know, onside. He was our special teams player um, of the week. And then you know, we always do that weekly captain um, warrior of the week that kind of embodies our core values, showing love, doing things um, that, that really demonstrate that. And that was, that was Trey Green for us. Um, 
just the level of toughness that he played with, his his ability to overcome adversity, he was making catches when he was taking two to three shots. Like Trace played a bunch of roles for us. We asked probably more out of Trey in the offense than anyone but the quarterback, and um, he was he was phenomenal. He set a school record with fourteen catches, so he was he was phenomenal. As you mentioned, big rivalry game this week. Your initial thoughts on this contest against Concordia? It will be intense. I I will tell you that. Like um, every year, it doesn't matter the records the teams play. When we when we have the Concordia game, it's it's going to be a physical battle. Um, they came off an intense game themselves. They they beat a Lakeland team um, real late and kind of dramatic fashion. You know, Lakeland. I'll gain them by 300 yards and do all these things, but Concordia found a way to be gritty and, and win it. And um, so we're expecting like their best shot. They're going to be in a position where they feel like they're going to build off of last year. And we have guys on our team, you know, determined to prove that last year was, was not a, a demonstration of who we are. So it's all week long. I just been preparing them for like, Hey, get ready for a physical battle. Could get chippy. Um, you know, they've, they've got quite a few, you know, kind of, controversial plays on film i'll just say that and, and they're known to talk a little bit so um we've told our guys like you got to be mentally prepared for that and you got to play you got to be who you are you don't let them change that you're we're kind of alluding to this it looks like a team that bends but doesn't break and so how do you overcome that when you're facing a club like that that will give you yards but actually is able to get that big play I think, to me, I think it's having a, a strong start. Um, coming out the gate, like if we can demonstrate success early, um, it's going to play a big role in how we view ourselves. You know, unfortunately, like, you know, we talk about, you know, our faith, and that's um, having faith in, in, in the Lord is number one, but having faith in the gifts he gave you is also important. And I think, unfortunately, human nature is you have to see it to believe it. So I think if we start strong, we're going to play with a level, level of confidence um, that you kind of haven't seen. And I think for them, they're going to start to, to feel that pressure. You know, they, they haven't felt a ton of pressure. Um, they've been in the mix of, ball, of every ball game so far. So if we can get them feeling behind they got to, and they got to play for, you know, catch up, I think that plays in our, in our favor. They are using this interesting quarterback combination this year, a senior and a freshman, very similar skill set between the two of them. How do you feel your defense matches up against these guys? Yeah, I mean, they've got two good ones. They probably feel like we do. They've got a good quarterback room. Uh, Michael Perky, Roman Funk, both good players. Um, we played against Michael two years ago. Uh, thought he was a talented player. Um, we liked him even out of high school when we were recruiting. So he definitely can He can play very well. Um, Roman is another kid, you know, for a freshman to do what he's been doing. I, what, what I think is, like you mentioned um, before, What's interesting to note is, like, the offense doesn't change drastically when they're in the game. So as far as preparing, um, you know, it hasn't really changed our preparation too much. I, I think both kids are, are athletic enough to take, you know, take yards if you give it to them in the run game. Um, they're good decision makers. Like, we have, to, we have to be schematically sound. We have to make them earn everything they get. Well, let's jump into fan questions, and we'll return to that onside kick. So Ryan would like to know, he said, these onside kicks never seem to work. So were you at least a little surprised when it did work? Um, 
I wasn't. And he, the reason I wasn't was we, we really prepare a lot um, for that kick, especially, you know, last year we were a two-kicker system. Our base kickoff wasn't onside. So, you know, Arnufo and, and Tony in particular have a lot of onside work with us. Um, and that's something, you know, like I said about Tony, like he takes a lot of pride in, in his game, and especially I think his, I would say his, like, unique kicks. He he has the ability to do some unique like three or four different types of onsides, a couple pooches. Like he's he's got a versatile skill set. Um, so yeah, I I wasn't really that like nervous or you know I got I knew he was right. Like we were gonna put our best foot forward in that onside, and um, it was it like I said it worked out to perfection. It was literally like if you're gonna teach you know this is how you onside that that's how you do it. It was well done. Wendell says. Wow, Coach, what happened in the fourth quarter? It looked like a fairly strong defensive battle for three quarters, and then all of a sudden both teams went wild. What led to that? It was crazy. Um, you know, part of it, I, I, I wonder, this, and this is something that is, is often hidden in, like, a box score. It's just the cumulative effect of plays. You know, it's really tough for a defense um, to play. You know, right now offenses are playing – I used you, you. You talked about the Concordia game. Like Lakeland had 107 offensive plays last week against Concordia. That's a lot of plays to defend. In our game, I think we were upwards of close to 90. And so you start to see that there's this cumulative effect that if you don't have depth on defense or you just don't have a coordinator that rotates very often, fatigue sets in and and the the floodgates kind of open. And that's what happened. Like the pass rush that you saw earlier in the game against us started to you know, dilute a little bit, especially as Bryce extended plays. And before you know it, there was these bigger holes in the secondary because we had time to exploit them. So I think that's that's a big part of it, to be honest, is just fatigue. Dan says, Coach, nice calls on fourth quarter last week, but the third down conversion seems to be a, a struggle for the team as they're trying to get a fresh set of downs. Is there anything or a certain mindset that you need from the team that really helps them to be able to convert those third down opportunities? Uh, stop getting in the third and long. That's <laughs> the biggest thing. Is it what what honestly leads to a lot of of our third down issues was like what we talked about before was some of the drops and penalties. Um, you know, there's a handful of drives off the top of my head that we we started out. It'd be like a second and second and two or second and three. And then um, we used like an altered cadence and all of a sudden we jump, right? We stole a couple free yards against St. Norbert early and then, you know, we, we jumped uh, off the same tool. And so now you're in second and eight and you're playing behind the sticks and we had a couple holds, a couple drops. Like we've got to be better on, on first and second down so that your whole play menu is available. Because when you get to third and eight plus, it gets to be, you know, somewhat predictable about what you're going to be able to do. There's there's only a handful of, of tools you have, and so defenses can come after you a little bit. So you know, we've we've been working on our draw and screen game. We've been working on some, some different, you know, launch angles for pass game and to help ourselves, cadences, all that stuff. But the biggest thing is we just got to get out of third and long um, more than, than we've been in. Dinah says, Coach, our kicker was so good last season and was such a great weapon for us, but he looks like he's off to a little bit of tough start right now. What do we do to get him on the right track? We got to protect the kick. Um, if if you watch our Nufo kick the ball in practice or in, on air, like he's still he's the same guy. Like his operation's good, his footwork's good. He's 
In warm-ups, you'll see him kick a 48-yarder, 50-yarder. It is the vast majority of the issues that we've had um, have been the protection. We've just done a poor job inside guys um, not maybe – I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it. I've never seen anything like it where, where the issues that we've had. We've been working at it every week about being stronger on the inside, like forcing teams. If you're going to block a field goal on us, you have to do it off the edge. But teams have found a way to exploit um, some issues inside. So um, we're getting creative with technique and scheme, and we're trying to find ways. You know, This week will be even a little bit different. Um, to address it, but I feel terrible for Anufo because I really believe he's one of the best kickers in the country. I do. He's he's a phenomenal weapon, and we're not able to leverage it because we're not protected for him. So, Phil would like to know what are the factors you use to determine who will be the starting quarterback, and do those factors change from week to week? Um, you know, I think the the biggest thing is is consistency and decision making. Um, and accuracy, um, those are the things that we look at the most. Um, I think oftentimes, and this is like a, a thing I think coaches have these discussions with players, oftentimes players want you to focus on their highlights, like the the best things they do, which, you know, th- those are important. But if if your highlights bring about, you'll come with a series of mistakes around them, you know, our offense is going to be a, in a bad situation. We, we have to stay on time. And so that's the biggest thing we evaluate. And I think beyond that, then it's just what kind of leader are you? What kind of preparation do you put into it? Are you emotionally level? Uh, you know, like we, we talk about, you know, our top three cues, Bryce, Nate, uh, um, Bryce Trey, and, and Nate Griffith, one of the traits I think they all share is, like, they're all very even keel. So no matter what's happening in the game, like, you're not going to get a different – um, version of who they are, right? They're going to be level, and the team's going to be able to feed off that. Um, so those are some things I would say we evaluate for sure. I know that ultimately you're choosing the guy who gives you the best opportunity to win. <laughs> but um, did, did those, I, I kind of looking at his question, did those factors change for you? Like like your leadership is, is a huge one for you, but might you go with a guy who has a little bit better skill set but maybe doesn't lead as well this week because that's a better matchup for you, I guess, is the question asked. Um, I think I would if – see, the hard thing is, like, we don't have – that group doesn't have a dramatically different skill set. So, like, I've had issues in the, in the past where it's like, you know, this guy's clearly a, you know, a quick game player. This guy's clearly our, our you know, play-action shot kind of guy. Or this guy's a runner. And so you can use them in the run game. Like all those guys have a similar game. Um, you know, I think quick game is their strength. They can hit shots when need be. Um, you know, I think you look at Trey and Bryce, both guys create pretty well with their arm. Um, I would say Griff is probably the better scrambler in terms of at, like running the ball. But they're all pretty similar. Um, so it doesn't change how we game plan. Like it comes down to the intangibles. Like the one thing that Bryce did early on, um, you know, like when you talk about him and Trey, is Bryce just did a better job of communicating with his teammates and with his coaches when we would kind of hit some adversity. Trey is a more naturally quiet guy, which we respect, but like we don't, ha- we didn't have a lot of vocal leaders in the offense. So we were, we were saying like, okay, at least Bryce gives us that. 
while those other guys in our offense kind of settle into their roles and kind of build that confidence to lead as well. So um, that's been the biggest difference maker. Both kids can really play, um, and, and I think will throughout the year. I think you'll see him play. So Connor would like to know, he says, you brought in a lot of players over the last two seasons, but do you ever worry that all of those players fit the culture of WLC? That's always a concern. Yeah, it's a great question. It's always a concern is making sure that, um, you know, who we bring into, you know, our football family understands what, what not only our school's about, what our program's about. This is a ministry first. We glorify Jesus um, by how we play, how we do things. Um, it doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean every guy, you know, does everything the right way, but we are going to keep Jesus at the center. Um, and that's, that's, um, that, co- that confronts you and where you're at in your faith life, that confronts you and your openness to that message. Um, but that's the biggest piece to the puzzle to me is like, without that, we're nothing. You got you have a house that's on sinking sand. So um, those are the things that we always make sure we have conversations with. I am mindful, um, you know, that some guys will, are like me. You know, I came here and I didn't have that foundation. W- coming to WFC is what gave me that foundation. Um so we are mindful that like it's it's a chance for outreach as well, but it has to be we have to have enough guys in our program that are are on the same page with that so that we are able to minister to the guys that it's their first time hearing it. Elijah would like to know what are your thoughts on participation trophies? <laughs> uh, I don't value them very much, <laughs> to be honest. Like I think it's important to teach young people, um, you know, to earn things, and it's. It's okay. It's also important to teach young people that their their identity is not in their performance. So, if you if you're giving great effort and you're looking to grow and improve, like that in that in itself is a reward. You don't necessarily need a trophy to recognize that. Um, but at the same time, like when when you do something with excellence, it's okay to recognize excellence and say like that's well done. Like you know you were the top of your class, top of your group, whatever it is. So. I'm not a huge fan of that. I think it um, kind of almost diminishes um, the work that you're putting in, and it doesn't motivate kids the same way. So, yeah, I'm not a huge participation trophy guy. Margaret says, we are entering my favorite season of the year. I absolutely love the fall. Are there things about fall that you love as well? Um. Besides the football piece and stuff like that, I would say, you know, I love fall foliage. I love the colors. Um, I love the family time. Um, you know, our family likes to, we got a couple dogs. We like to go out for hikes and walks and stuff. So when we have that time to do that, it's fun to do in the fall. I, I really do. I enjoy the fall weather. Um, the only thing, I just hate that winter's looming behind it, you know. So it's one of those, like, bittersweet things where right now today's gonna be like 70 72 and breezy and it's gonna be beautiful and i'm I'm 100 on board with it i'm i'm a little leery knowing that in a month it might be 50 you know so it's just one of those things but um yeah fall's a beautiful season for sure and our words of wisdom from coach Shresky this week we talked this week um quite honestly how important it was to to be willing to to let things go and the, the, the idea was this. When we started the, the year, um, we reminded the guys of, of what Gideon was reminded, that, that he was a warrior and God was calling him into battle, even though Gideon didn't feel like it. Um, 
when we're preparing for things in life, a lot of times our, our first instinct is to say, all right, this is what I need to do next. I need to add something to what I'm doing to prepare myself. But what we learned from Gideon's story was that um, it was actually not anything he needed to add. It was something he needed to get rid of. He had to get rid of old patterns of thinking. Um, he had to get rid of beliefs in, in idolatry, things that were, were substitutes for who God was in his life, and he had to grab hold of what, of what God was saying. And so that was the message that we share with our team this week. It's like right now the tendency, you know, I've got a lot of players that want to do well. They want to improve. You know, we don't want to be 0-3, and that's understandable. And usually their first instinct, and coaches do this too, we do it too, is like, all right, what else can I do? What else can I do to change where we're at right now? And I really feel a call to our team and to, to our staff to say, what do we need to shed right now? What do we need to get rid of in terms of our process, our thinking, our actions that, that will get us closer to where we want to be? So that's the biggest thing is, is learning to let go of the things of the world so you can grab hold of what God has for you. That's fantastic. Coach Tresky, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it.